the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information about Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. And now, here's Cynthia. Welcome to the show. This is Cynthia Hyatt, again with Conversations with Cynthia, and I am so glad you joined me today. This is the second half of the series that we're doing on gender and the differences between um, the hardwiring of men and the hardwiring of women in the way their brain works. And so if you didn't hear the first one, you can log on to um, KPXQ 1360 and you can um, hear, you can, I think you can download it as a podcast and listen to the first half. Um, What I am going to do, I'm going to give you a little bit of a a summary if you've just started with me today. And so what we're doing is we're talking about how men and women are hardwired differently in their brain. And we, we talked in the last show last week about the fact that up until about the 60s, we knew that there were differences in men and women, and we were much more accepting of them. The problem was there was somewhat of a prejudice against women, of seeing them as a lesser, uh, a weaker sex um, maybe in a one-down position. And so the 60s attempted to equalize that. But what they did in trying to make things equal, excuse me, is that they tried to make things just be the same. And they said that men and women are the same. And so we have lots of, of problems because we tried to make men and women the same. And so we have women trying to act like men in, in the workforce many times or with their husbands. And, and we're, we have great problems because of that. We have men not understanding how women are not being able to respect women the way that they are hardwired. And we have communication breakdowns in that way. So what we're attempting to do now is we are having all this new body of research that is showing that there's a very big difference in the male brain versus the women's brain. Um, I was mentioning in the last show that in my graduate work, uh, it was considered unethical, actually, very politically incorrect, to talk about the differences between men and women. And now, just like humans do, we're revisiting a concept that God has continuously brought back to us over over the seasons, over the years, and that there's a vast difference between men and women. Even though we are very similar because we're humans, we are very different. And God created that difference for a reason. And he wants us to be working together because as we do, we become more whole people and we understand our be- ourselves better. And we also have to use much humility, which is part of the whole process of being a healthier, better version of yourself. 
So as we look at this, we saw that that men have approximately 6.5 times more gray matter in their brain than women, which means that they have a larger brain. Now, it doesn't mean, obviously, that they're smarter, but it means that the gray matter takes up more space because it's full of active neurons that cause them to systematize and and um, process information in a way that is more mechanistic in manner. Whereas women have what we call more white matter, and so that part of the brain is smaller, but it's more there's more connections between the neurons. So their brain has a tendency to be a bit more complicated because there are more connections that allow brain, a woman's brain to work faster than a man's. And so we see this when we're interacting with men. Frequently in my office, if I'm doing couples work, I will have to say to a woman to, to stop processing out loud or talking because she's overwhelming her husband or boyfriend or father or brother, whoever, whatever man is in my office at the time, with so much information and connecting so many dots that by the time she gets done talking, the man looks at, looks at her and says, I have no idea what you, what you just said. And he doesn't even begin to know where to start talking. Because women's brains are connecting dots. Men's brains are solving problems. And so what we see also with a man's brain is that their amygdala is bigger, and the amygdala is in what we call the limbic system, which is the second brain. And that is where the fight-or-flight syndrome is uh, emanates from, or what we call the, the sympathetic nervous system. And so for men, because a great majority of the way their brain works is through the amygdala, they are constantly scanning for danger. So they are looking all through their world for potential threats of their turf. So whatever they think is a part of them or belongs to them, they're going to want to protect it. And they're going to want to protect themselves because the hardwiring of the male brain knows that if he goes down, everything that is attached to him will go down. And so we look back on an evolutionary basis, and I don't mean like in a Darwinistic manner, but we look back a 1,000 years, 2,000 years, 3,000 years, when women and children truly depended on good men because men were out there protecting their home, protecting them from enemies, whether it be other human enemies or animal enemies or fires or storms, whatever that was, men were doing those things that actively protected what belonged to them. And so men are more self-centered in nature due to that and not in a characterological manner, but simply because if they go down and they have women and children, then those women and children are unprotected. Their livestock's unprotected. Their land is unprotected. So even though our world doesn't look quite like that, the male brain still sees the world that way. And so what we see with women, though, with that more white matter, they have what is called a mirror neuron system. So it's larger, it's more active in the female brain. So they naturally get in sync with other people's emotions. They read facial expressions, they interpret tone of voice, and non, other nonverbal emotional cues. So they, women are, are typically thinking that men see these things that, that we see. And so you will say to a man, how could you not know that? How did you not see that? And a man will say, I, I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. And that's because their brain isn't hardwired to pick up on that. So we know that this is one of the examples I like to use when I say to men, you know, we, we have that, that analogy of the windows and that men have one window open at a time, like Microsoft Windows, and women have like 10 windows open at a time. We're constantly clicking in and out of all those windows. So we are much better able to multitask. And so we are hearing everything that's going on. We cannot keep information out where a man's brain is hardwired to keep it out. We can't, we can't keep it out. It, it, it all comes in and men keep it out. 
unless it's exactly what they're focused on. So I'll say to women, if your husband is watching football and he's really into that game, he likes football, then as you're walking through the living room, you can't say something to him like, oh, honey, don't forget to take the the garbage out. Because his brain is hardwired to keep that information out while he is focused on one thing, and that's the thing he's focused on. This is why uh, men don't hear babies crying often. And it isn't because they don't care. It's because they are probably doing something, and their brains are are hardwired to be highly attentive to what they are what they are focused on. So if a man is hunting, if they are at war, it's good that a man at war doesn't get distracted by the facial expressions of the man that he is having to kill. Because if he did, he probably would, would hesitate, and that could mean his life. We also see this sexually. I mean, it's the funniest thing I say to men, of course, you're hardwired to keep all the information out. You and your wife could be making love and, and one one door creaks and your wife loses the whole moment and a nuclear bomb would have to happen for a man to lose the moment. And so they are very hardwired to be very focused. That's what their brain does. So if your husband's watching football and you want to ask him to do something, you might want to go over and touch his arm and have him look you in the eye and then say to him, honey, please don't forget to take out the trash. Much better than just talking to him in passing. Now with women, we hear everything in passing. And we log all that information in. So what we see with men is they have this systematizing brain that causes them to try to construct a system and understand it. So this is so men want to systemize women as a better way to understand them, only to get frustrated when the rules change. So it's always funny to me, when, and it's, it's frustrating for men, because they think they have their wife or girlfriend or mom or sister figured out. And so what happened yesterday, for some reason, doesn't translate into today. And so they say, I don't know why that worked yesterday, but it doesn't work today. I, I mean, I was really funny yesterday. And they try the same thing, and the, and the woman in their life just looks at them like, I, I, don't, know, I don't know what you're doing. And so it's a, it's a very difficult thing for a man because he's constantly systemizing in order to problem solve. And for women, we are empathizing in order to enter into another's world because both genders are motivated to alleviate pain. But the difference is a man alleviates pain by solving a problem, and a woman alleviates pain by moving into the emotions and comforting. So when I'm talking to men about what they can do with the women in their life, when they are upset, frustrated, these types of things, and they'll, they'll just try to pro- solve the problem. They'll say, well, you know, you don't do- why don't you just talk like this? Or why don't you just walk away? Or you don't need to deal with that anymore. Or you didn't, make a- you didn't, you didn't mess up, so you shouldn't be upset about that. And I say to a man, you're trying to solve a problem when you really have a, probably a very intelligent, resourceful woman in your life, and she probably knows exactly what she needs to do to fix it. She just needs you to care. She needs you to enter into her world and care about how she feels. Because caring is doing something. So when I get men to redirect, they are much more successful with the women in their life when they simply care about how they feel. And they say, oh, honey, that's terrible. I'm sorry you felt like that. That wasn't right. I wish you didn't have to be in that kind of pain. I hate to see you so hurt. And we say these comforting things, and you you get much better response from women. And so with, with, with women, when they enter into a man's world, they're trying to talk to him about what's going on, and, and actually they're really not wanting to talk about it. What they're wanting to do is do something with the woman in their life. So sometimes they may talk, but very rarely, because really they get their comfort from being around women. And so they're wanting proximity. So we're going to talk 
in this next uh, segment a little bit more about this and about how that translates into the way that we interact, these different types of brains. And then we are going to really talk about um, energy, a different type of energy that men have versus women. And we are going to talk about the greatest needs that men have and that women have. And we're going to elaborate a little bit on that. So I want you to be thinking as we close out this segment about how you can enter into the other person's world in a way that makes sense to that other person, that, that other gender. So if I'm entering into a man's world, I'm going to be proximate, which means I'm going to kind of hang out with him. I'm going to comfort him in those ways. If he wants to talk, I'm going to probably just do reflective listening and talk, say back to him what I heard him say. I'm not going to ask him a whole bunch of questions, barrage him with a whole bunch of like, well, this is how it happened to me, and this is how I can relate to that, and I did this. And with men, you're going to want to care about how they feel. So you're going to want to ask them, well, what does that feel like? What do I need to do to help you? How can I support you? Do you need a hug? Do you need me to leave you alone? How can I help you with this? Because I really care about how you feel, and I hate to see you in pain. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And please join me in the next segment where we're going to talk more about the different energy and needs that men and women have. Thank you. Hello again, this is Cynthia with Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm very glad to have you back. And we are talking about gender and the differences with the hardwiring of men and the hardwiring of women and the, the different ways that their brain takes in information. In the, in the last segment, we talked about a men's brain is more mechanistic, which means they systematize and problem solve, and a woman's brain is more mentalistic, which means she's more empathic wants higher connection, wants to enter into another person's world, and is more interested in the emotive aspect of of the interaction that she's having. And so if you didn't hear last week's show, I would recommend that you log on to uh, the radio station. You can download that show. Just go to Conversations with Cynthia, and you can listen to uh, Gender Speaks, the first segment, because we talked a lot more about that in the first segment, in the first show. So what we're talking about now is the different kind of energy that men have versus women. And men are what we refer to have a more centripetal force, which means that they tend to pull things inward. They're a more restraining force, a pulling back, a more contractive. And so men generally want to move toward a center point. So in relationship, he tends to hold himself together and is less likely to lose himself or his identity in the relationship. So what you find many times with, with men, when they are initially pursuing you, they are very out in the world. And as they begin to secure the relationship, they begin to pull women more into their world. And so what happens for men is they are, they are, are constantly reducing information down to what's important to him. So he doesn't pick up on subtleties. He has a tendency to keep information out. And there's this danger-pleasure issue. So, or happy, sad. It's, it's in many ways, what a man has to learn emotively is that there is a lot of different feelings that they may be having because they typically are either looking at how things aren't working, maybe they're dangerous or uncomfortable or irritating, annoying, and angering, or they're happy or they're feeling pleasure. And so their information and our experience is always going to be, how does it affect me? But when we talk about women, 
the way they look at information experience is it how is it affecting you or how is it affecting them? And so with men, we're, we're understanding that they are constantly pulling things toward them because when we talked about that amygdala in the, in the limbic system, looking for danger and that, that whole th- turf threat that happens with men, they are pulling in the things that are important to them because they want to secure them. They want to make them safe. They want to protect them. And so with women, what we find is that their tendency is to be centrifugal or they expand their world. So, So the centrifugal force tends to pull things outward. So the world that they are in continues to pull them farther away from themselves. It's an expansive force. And so woman's awareness moves out from her center where a man's awareness moves toward his center. So her fundamental nature is to move out from herself and connect with others. So when she falls in love, it's easier for her to forget about herself completely. It's easier for her to lose herself in that relationship or, or any relationship oftentimes. And so women have a, a more difficult time making sure that they're meeting their needs, where men automatically will meet their own needs. And some of that, <clears throat> excuse me, as we talked previously, was this hardwiring. And it causes men to want to make sure that they secure their world. So they know that if they aren't okay, if they crash, if they're killed, then everything that's important to them is left unprotected and not okay. And so women have a tendency to, regardless of whether or not they feel secure, they are constantly securing others. And so they're entering into others' worlds to make sure that everybody else is okay. And that's just simply the way that they're made. This is why they're good nurturers, because they really do pick up on those subtle cues. And so for a woman, they have a difficult, difficulty compartmentalizing where men are reducing it down to the most important thing that affects him. So we talked about, you know, that whole Windows analogy with Microsoft, that man has a w- one window open at a time and women have about 10 windows open at a time. So they have a difficult time compartmentalizing, even though they can multitask because they're in and out of those windows all the time. And so if you had a bad interaction with her and you're now in a different compartment. Maybe you're wanting to make love to your wife, but, but you guys had a difficult time in the morning. She may not be able to transition as well as you can. You can kind of compartmentalize those. You can kind of interact in both of those windows and leave one of that, some of that information out where a woman, it tends to bleed over completely. So everything is being thought of and everything is being felt. I, I frequently am telling men, when, when you're understanding women, you have to understand that they're thinking something all the time. They're feeling something all the time. And their body's doing something all the time. Whereas with men, when I ask, them, you know, I ask a man, well, what are you thinking? And he goes, oh, nothing. Well, he probably isn't for real. But that's not the case with women. We are constantly thinking about what's going on, what's going on with that person, what that means to that person, what that means to me, what I mean to that person. So we are much more complex because we have all that white matter that's constantly making all those connections. So women then have a tendency toward rumination, where men have a tendency to be able to easily compartmentalize it and forget about it. And so what happens with men and women in communication, we see that, that women will have a tendency to say, well, I'm upset about this because remember a year ago when that same thing kind of happened, and then three years ago we were at that one restaurant, and you said that, and then I was upset. And a man is saying, no, I don't remember that. 
And if a woman isn't careful, she can take that personally and think like, how can you not remember these things? But see, women are connecting all those dots because those are relevant to her. They give her meaning in the moment that she's in. So many times I'm telling men, you know, they're not rehashing the past. They're just trying to explain to you why the moment they're in is valid or relevant and what it means to them. So women, again, take in all the information. Men keep information out. And we're thankful that men keep out that information many times because it makes them very effective when it comes to protecting things, when it comes to fighting, when it comes to securing, when it comes to going after something. And so women can't keep information out. So we pick up on everything. We see everything. We hear everything that's going on. And then we think about it. So they have a difficulty with ignoring information. Whereas men may be better able to compartmentalize children, women can't. And so their information experience, again, is how does it affect me? But first, how does it affect them? And so men do it opposite. Men think, how does it affect me? And then he thinks about how it affects you. Whereas women automatically think, how does this affect you? And then I might think about how it affects me. So we're going to end this segment. And the next one we're going to be talking about is a man's greatest needs and a woman's greatest needs. And what that means in relationship. Again, this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And I am so glad that you joined me today because this is probably one of my favorite topics is when we talk about gender. Because once we understand the other gender, we don't have to take them so personally. And we don't have to get our feelings hurt. We don't have to be as disappointed. And we don't have to be as confused. And we can also feel much more successful when we are understanding the other gender. So again, this whole entire segment, we talked about the different types of energy that men have versus women. And men have a more centripetal energy, that force, which means they pull things toward them and they are locking them down and securing them. They are also able to keep information out much easier. And their experience is more about how it affects them first because they have to take care of them in order to take care of everything they love. Whereas women are centrifugal. So they are being pulled outward. They are more expansive they can lose themselves more easily, and they don't compartmentalize as well. Again, this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment. Hello, this is Cynthia Hyatt. With Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm so glad you joined me. This is Gender Speaks, and we are talking about the differences between men and women, the way they relate, the way they process information, the way they receive information, and how that affects the way we relate to one another. So in this segment, we're going to talk about what a man's greatest needs um, are and what, what a woman's greatest needs are. And so what we'll see is that they are, they are quite different, and once we understand those needs, we are much better able to meet the needs because we're not trying to meet needs that they may not have. And so when we talk about men and their greatest need, again, you have to remember that a man is, is mechanistic in the way that he thinks. And so he is constantly problem solving and systemizing whatever group or system he is in to better understand it. He's trying to formulate what the rules are of the game. And so one of the things that we find with men, now please remember that even though men may not appear as emotional, it's only because they are not as emotive. It doesn't mean they don't feel things very, very deeply. 
and they are, doesn't mean they are not very sensitive. They can get their feelings just as hurt as we can and just as easily. But they may not ruminate on it like women do. They may not try to understand it like women do. And they may not try to undo it. They just usually move on. And so they have a tendency to compartmentalize it. So it's very important that we understand that even though men appear less emotional, it is only because they are less emotive. So one of the greatest needs that a man has is respect. And it's imperative that women understand this because when I respect a man, he is much more willing to work with me, protect me, defend me, love me, understand me, and want to understand my internal world. And one of the ways that we disrespect men that is always very fascinating to women and to myself because I didn't really understand this until I got into this line of work is one of the greatest ways I disrespect a man is my tone of voice, my facial expressions, and my body language. My tone of voice does many things to a man. It either calms him down, comforts him, encourages him, supports him, or causes him to become highly defensive and very contractive or move away from me. And so it's really imperative when I talk to women that I say, you know, the way I talk to a man has a lot to do with whether or not he's going to listen to me. So it doesn't mean that I'm not direct. I'm very direct with men because they appreciate me not beating around the bush. They really just want the information because they want to solve the problem. So when I work with men, I make sure in the first session that I give them things to take with them because they don't want to just sit and talk with me. They really want to know what to do and how to do it and make, make the change happen. And so I'm, I'm very direct with men, but I am extremely respectful. I'm not sarcastic with them. I don't roll my eyes. I don't uh, furrow my eyebrows. I, I learned that one a long time ago because I would furrow my eyebrows as a way that women do because when we do this, we are looking intently or we're concentrating or we're interested. And what happens with men is they perceive that as anger. They perceive that as they're going to be attacked. And so it, it was fascinating because, you know, I would, I would have men come, come back to my office after I'd seen them for a while and maybe I confronted them on something and I confront them in about the tone of voice I'm using right now. And they would say, wow, in the last session you really yelled at me, Cynthia. And I'm like, I yelled at you? Wow, I, I know I'm not yelling in my office. And they go, well, you furrowed your brows. Your brows were like cross. And I thought, that is interesting. To a man, they hear that as yelling. Or if I get intense, they may go, are you yelling at me? And I'm thinking, you haven't even begun to hear me yell. If you think that's yelling, that is not yelling. That's just me being more intense. So when we look at respect, we want to understand that men get disrespected in ways that don't make sense to me always. But as soon as I learn that rule, I am much more effective with them. And so... One of the things that happens with men as well is when I have really negative feelings about them, that can easily disrespect them. And I know that doesn't always make sense, but they take it very personally because it takes, it causes them to feel unsuccessful. And so it's very hard for them to hear that I have negative feelings about them. So there are ways that I need to communicate that to them that don't disrespect them that will cause them to be more interested in why I'm feeling negative so that they can fix it. So it's imperative that I understand how I disrespect them, and one of the ways is not letting them be successful with me. Because another major need that a man has is to be successful. So what we find with men is that they always gravitate toward where they're successful. So if they're not successful with you, they will go to where they are successful, and many times that's at work, and they'll just work harder. 
So the next thing that we see with men is that they have this need for adventure and challenge. And unfortunately, today, in our today's world, we don't have a whole lot of opportunity for that for men. So it's important to understand that they need to be challenged. They need to be testing themselves. And then the fourth one is they have a love of beauty. And they love to be surrounded by beauty. That's why they like women. That's why they like to look at them. They like to be around them. They like to see them. And so they have this tendency to then be disturbed by our negative feelings because it doesn't look pretty. So we're going to talk more about that and understand how that really works because there are ways to do that without feeling, women, like you're betraying yourself. This is, again, Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and I will join you in the next segment. Thank you. Hello, this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for rejoining me. And we are talking about gender and the opposite sex and how the hardwiring is very different and causes us to relate very differently. And different things are important to us and different things are more meaningful or less meaningful to us. So in the last segment, we were talking about a man's greatest needs. And we were identifying that he has four and he has respect, success, the need for adventure, challenge, and the love of beauty. And when we talked about the love of beauty, what I was explaining was there's this this tendency for a man to be very put off when a woman is having negative feelings. And one of the reasons is they don't like the way that it looks. And their brain is hardwired to be very visual. And so what happens is when we look very negative, they have a more difficult time hanging in there in the conversation because it starts to trigger that amygdala, which is the fight-or-flight syndrome. And so he begins to see himself as being attacked, and it makes it much more difficult for him to listen to your words. Whereas with women, when we talked about them having an empathic brain, when, when they see negative feelings, they are very interested. They want to move in, and they want to find out what the heck's going on. And a man will want to move away because when he sees a woman with negative feelings, the appearance is off-putting for him. It's distressing for him. And then at the same time, he now begins to feel unsuccessful as well. And so he's got this need for success, love of beauty and respect, and he feels disrespected in many ways. And so that may not make sense to women, but the easiest thing is if you just, if you just take it for what it is and realize this is part of the hardwiring of a man. And so when I'm talking to men and I have a negative feeling, I teach women all the time in my office, just raise your eyebrows when you're talking to them. The more open my face is, even if I'm saying negative things, like I am really, really angry with you right now, I'm feeling really upset. If I'm talking in, in a tone of voice that's pretty, pretty level and I'm raising my eyebrows, they are much more willing to hang in there. They will move toward me and say, really? Why? What, what happened? Versus if I have an angry look on my face and I'm raising my voice and I'm waving my hands, they now feel like, oh my gosh, I'm being attacked. I got to get out of here. Or they're going to take me on. And, and good men, they don't like to do that. They don't, like, they don't like to take on a woman. And so they don't have a whole lot of good options. So the either in the sympathetic nervous system, we have the fight, flee, or freeze. So the majority of men, they don't want to fight you because they hate that. They don't want to flee because then they feel like a wimp. And so they stand there and they freeze. And they just stare at you, which causes women to be that much more animated. They say, are you listening to me? Do you hear anything I'm saying? Does this even make sense to you? Do you even care? 
And so one of the things that we want to work on is helping men be successful with us. So I'm going to say to a man how I feel. I'm going to keep it very short. So I'm going to try to get all that emotion out with maybe one of my girlfriends. Now, I'm certainly not going to disrespect my husband while I'm talking to one of my girlfriends. That doesn't help anything. But I am going to talk about how I feel and try to get a lot of that emotion out and get it more concise so that I'm not processing on my husband, boyfriend, whatever man, co-worker. I'm going to do everything I can to not be processing it on them and emoting all over them because they will have a very difficult time hanging in there with me. So there's a very different way of interacting with a man emotionally than when I interact with women. With women, we pretty much have our feelings and, and we like to have them and they're big and they're animated and then we, you know, we appreciate it and women, we, our friends join in with us. And, and so it's one of these things when, you know, it's still today, even though I know this works so well and it works very well with my husband, it works very well with coworkers, it works very well with clients, there's still a tendency for me if I'm having a really big feeling, I want to say, you know, to my husband sometimes, can't I just have a feeling? Because I just want to have this really big feeling. And I know that he does the best he can, but it is very, very stressful for him. And that is just simply the way that God has made men. Because they are hardwired to do something. And so they're not knowing what to do. So if I'm telling a man, I'm very upset. I'm going to use an open affect. I'm going to have my face be as open as possible. I'm going to have my voice be as level as possible. I'm not going to stare him in the eye and do a direct challenge either. And then I'm going to give them a way to fix it very specifically. I'm going to say, I am very angry, and this is what I need you to do, or this is what I need you to say. And they are going to be very much more able to hang in there with me and cause this to be successful. So when we talk about women and their greatest needs, the uh, woman's greatest need, first of all, is security. She is wanting to secure her world at all times. And so men have this tendency to know they're always going to be okay. Women don't. And so we are constantly wanting reassurance. We are constantly wanting to know that things are going to work. Things are going to be okay. We're still going to have a job. We're still going to have money. We're still going to have our needs met. And so we are driven to create security for ourselves. And so one of the things that is is the best way to to show this this um, this need is you see a woman's handbag. Every woman has a handbag, and in that handbag is everything she could possibly need because she doesn't know what the day is going to bring and what she might need at any given time. And then she also might have a secret little stash in her car too, and then one in her office desk, so that she everywhere she goes she has what she needs. Men they don't do that. They always know wherever they go they're going to figure out what they need. And so there's a very big difference in the way that women do things and, and what throws them off. And so it's important for men to understand that you may not be afraid if you don't have a job, but your wife or girlfriend is going to freak out, especially if she's depending at all on any of your income. So one of the things that men can do when women feel insecure or when women are needing security is do something. So if you don't have a job, work around the house. Look like you're doing something. Because that helps women feel like, okay, we're doing something because we get very, very anxious in that, in that way. So the second thing that a woman has is a sense of belonging. She needs to be desired. And so one of the hardest things for her is if she feels like she's not seen, not heard, not wanted, not important, not special. So there are lots of ways that a man can do this for a woman. But I'm telling you what, men, the biggest way to cause her to feel like she belongs to you and she's important and special to you is to care about how she feels, to tell her what you see, that you love her, that she's beautiful, that she, she does it for you, that she's the best thing that ever happened to you, and you just tell her all the time. Because here's the thing. 
that part of our brain is a very emotional part of our brain, which, which means it's probably kind of young. And so you could have said it to us 10 times yesterday, but today's a new day. It's like we never heard it before. It's the same thing I say to men. Every time you see a woman naked, it's like the first time it ever happened. And so it's the same with women. Every time you tell me that, it's like the first time it ever happened. And so the third one for women is the need for connectedness. And so when you are caring and entering into their world and you're interested and you're saying, well, tell me how that hurt your feelings so I want to understand you. Tell me why that bothered you so much because I really do want to know because I don't want you to feel that way anymore. Or if she's stressed about family, which is one of a woman's primary stressors, is whether or not all the family is okay. So when she has relationships and family that aren't working, that's very stressful for a woman. It's not nearly as stressful for men because a man has his family, and that's his primary spouse, girlfriend, and whatever children, pets, possessions he has. For a woman, they are connected on all those levels. So if those things aren't working, it's very stressful for them. So one of the things you do, you're not going to be able to fix those things, but you can care. That causes her to feel connected to you, causes her to feel understood by you, causes her to feel known by you, which is always going to cause her to feel important and special. So the fourth thing that a woman need her greatest need, is the opportunity to express love. She needs to impact people relationally. So it's always interesting when men will say, why do you need to call her? What is the big deal? And a woman just says, because I need to check on her. I need to find out if she's okay. I haven't talked to her for a couple of days. I don't know what's going on. And so this is an important thing for women. We need to know that we're impacting the world around us, especially in a positive way, in a cohesive way, that we are trying to always create community and always secure those relationships and create a sense of belonging in that community. So this is why your wife or girlfriend is always saying to you, have you called your mom? Have you checked on your brother? Have you, have you called, you know, maybe your son or daughter? Because this is what women do. We are the nurturers of relationship. We are the tenders of relationship. Now, it doesn't mean simply because if you think about a hard science and a soft science, we, we know that both of those sciences are very important. So psychology is what is considered in some ways a soft science, even though it's becoming a harder science. But it's, you know, the, these kinds of things are like the arts. That's a soft science. A hard science is computer technology in many ways. Some of the software is a softer science. But, but you know, mechanics, engineering, you know, astrophysics, these are hard sciences. Well, when we look at men and women, men are kind of like the hard science and women are the soft science. So both are very, very, very important in how the world works and how it works together. So one of the things that we want to think about when we're interacting is that one of the best things you can do for women is you want to validate their feelings. Now, this is important for men to understand because they're always afraid that if they say to a woman, you're really angry, this really bothered you, they're worried that that woman is going to escalate even more. But what I explain to men is if you don't validate their feelings, they will keep escalating until you get it. So if you're not getting it and you're simply trying to problem solve and saying, oh, stop having that feeling, you don't need to have that feeling, it's not that big of a deal, you're making a big deal out of nothing, she's going to get a bigger feeling. So... I say to men, you can either do 20 minutes, 10, 20 minutes, and really validate that feeling, or you can do seven hours or an entire weekend of trying to repair it with that woman. Because you will make it more complicated for them if you don't validate that feeling. If you don't want to deal with that feeling, you better take a deep breath because you're going to deal with that feeling. It's going to either happen at that moment or it's going to happen for the next two days until you deal with it. 
So it's important that you don't be afraid of her feelings. See, I always say to women, a man's biggest fear is a woman's feelings because they never know what's going to happen. They never know where it's going to go. So one of the ways we help men is we understand our feelings better and we tell them very concretely what we need. And the way you help a woman with her feelings is you care and you validate. Because for the most part, they really probably know what they need to do. They just are having a big feeling. They're having a scared feeling, a hurt feeling. And even if it's irrational, it's a feeling. And that makes it a fact. So with men, we want to do actions versus words. So I always say to women, don't listen to what a man says. Look at what he does. What he does is what he means. So if he does a whole bunch of things for you but doesn't always tell you verbally how he feels about you, you need to look at what he does because nobody makes a man do anything. And if he's working hard for you, it's only because he loves you. And I say to men, please do not look at what a woman does. Listen to what she says. What she says is what she means. So if she tells you she's had it, she can't take it anymore, she's thinking of leaving the relationship, and then she turns around the next morning, makes your breakfast, and that night has sex with you, that doesn't mean things are okay. Because she's doing actions because she's trying to secure her world and she's trying to cut down on conflict because she hates being angry and she hates being in a bad place with somebody. So her actions are simply trying to make her world better. It doesn't mean that she's okay with you. So you need to listen to what she says because what she says is what she means. So this is why women have a tendency to get caught up with womanizers because they say all the right things and all their actions are opposite. Their actions may be deplorable. But the words that he says are, are wonderful. So it's very important that we understand that actions and words are a huge distinction between men and women. So remember that men are resolvers, women are relators. So men, men are, are reporting information and women are giving information to create rapport. So it's important that we understand that when we're looking at communication, all these different ways that affect the way that we are understood. And that is, if I'm not respecting a man, if I'm not letting him be successful with me, if I'm not really encouraging him to challenge himself and to, to expand his world, if I'm not doing everything I can to bring beauty to his world, because that, that is a comfort to men. And for men, if you're not understanding their great need for a woman to be secure, to know things are okay, and to be reassured, and to not be frustrated with them, if that's a need, because that's just the way they're hardwired. They need to have a sense of belonging. They need to be desired by you. They need to be connected to you and to know that you guys are okay. This is why women are saying, are we okay? Is everything okay? Because they're trying to secure their world. They're trying to connect with you. And they need to be able to have an opportunity to express love. So women, we're going to be careful with the way we express our feelings so that we don't disrespect a man and he feels successful. And men, you're going to work on securing their world causing them to feel belong, and causing them to feel connected by you. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate and spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay anytime at KPXQ1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on 1360 KPXQ.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.